Cock and Bull podcast, a history thing with me, Spencer, and that over there being Nathan. Hello. It's been less than a, a three calendar months since we recorded this, and I'm uncomfortable with that. I have not been able to recharge the funny battery as much as I'd like to. With two of these recorded in 48 short hours, this means that for, I think, the first time this year, we're going to have two episodes come out within a week of each other. Now, don't get carried away. Why would you not save one for the next event, for the next inevitable three-month break, and now we cannot record until New Year's or something? Nathan, February 18th. It's a day. 1745. Oh, okay. Now we're into it. Now we're into a time frame that Nathan knows about. Alessandro Volta was nope. born in Como, Lombardy, Italy. I'm out. I got nothing. Oh, we're back to the Italian. Did you just open an Italian history book and flip to a page the last couple episodes? I did. 1745, Alessandro Volta is born in Como, Lombardy, Italy. Italy. He was born with a noble name, but without all the noble wealth. Bad combo. <laughs> that's that's like being born as like Reginald Vell Johnson the Fourth in America today, and then having no money. Just mean at that point. Volta, in a move most unusual for both an Italian and a baby, did not speak until he was four years old. <laughs> yeah, the Italians are a chatty people, but and uh, babies usually talk before that. As someone that has a baby, I can confirm he's been talking. I mean, he's four now, and it feels like there's never been a time he wasn't talking. So if you told me I could have three years of my life back where that wasn't a problem, man. This did not sit well with the family, who for four long years thought Volta was, quote, not very intelligent or possibly dumb. Mm, I mean, I feel like if you don't talk before 18 months now, we call you autistic or something like that. So yeah, probably at four four in the 1700s calling him, if all they were doing was calling him not very intelligent, that is the politest family in the history of time. From age four to early childhood, though, he slowly got better at speaking, reading, and writing Italian. It'd be weird if he got really good at writing, like, German or something like that. <laughs> As if getting hooked on phonics wasn't hard enough, Volta also had to learn a lesson in financial responsibility at age seven, when his father died and left behind heaps of debt. <laughs> <laughs> Bankruptcy for toddlers. Volta was sent to an uncle's house, where he was homeschooled until the age of 12. Man, I hope that uncle's smart, otherwise the kid's fucked. (laughs) That uncle didn't speak till he was eight. (laughs) He then started studies at Jesuit boarding school. Now, the Jesuit school charged no fees. uh, That's nice. But pressured him to become a priest. Now, are you you 100% sure you're not pronouncing Jesuit as Jesuit? Like some weird French chocolate. I am. Because okay, I am. okay. Because I must say the <laughs> Jesuit, the Jesuits are a people, and they are famous for their educational schools. Uh, the Jesuits are a made-up pop group from somewhere in Central Europe. His family wasn't cool with this. Um, not my mispronunciation, but the fact that they wanted to pressure him <laughs> into being a priest. Uh, his family withdrew him from the school after four years. Holy uh, and Volta shit. then withdrew him after he had a full education and was getting ready to matriculate. They pulled him out. They then had him study at the Benzi Seminary until reaching 18 years of age. Now, hold on a second. You don't want your kid to be a priest, and yet you sent him to the seminary, uh, a word that <laughs> I only associate with priest training 101. Now, Nathan, like all good cock and bulls, Volta started the path to a lawyer Oh, before following something else entirely. A doctor? Science. Of course it is. They always start as lawyers and then become mad scientists. That is the path. How you found this many of them is beyond me. Now, although as a child he had been slow to speak Italian, Volta now seemed to have a special talent for languages. Before he left school, he learned Latin, French, English, and German. So he did that thing that you do in, like, uh, auto chess, where it's like you turtle your first couple turns to build up economy Mm -hmm. so that you can really, like, wreck shop mid-game. 
His language talents helped him later in life when he traveled with the aim of discussing work with scientists across Europe's other centers of science. So now he's able to, to really be the C-3PO uh, <laughs> while also having all the ideas up here. Yep. I was going for a babble fish reference, but no, C-3PO lands much harder. Thank you very much. At age 18, Volta was bold enough to begin an exchange of letters about electricity with other Wait. inventors across yep. the country. Ba, 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 ba. I kind of just assumed that we had electricity before now. The guy's last name is Volta. And uh, that is a that is a word that is in a lot of electrical names. Is it? I've I've not noticed. Name one. You weren't aware? Oh, you yo, this wasn't one. Okay, voltaic is not a word that you're familiar with. No, okay, it's cool. Just move on. Pretty sure voltaic battery is a fucking magic this card must be from Italian. around the early nineties. But Nathan, the Scock and Bull is not about Alessandro Volta. It's about one of Volta's biggest fans. Uh, well, this got weird then, uh, because uh, I was busy off on this little magic card hole, and then you told me that we're doing a different podcast all of a sudden now, eight minutes in, I'm confused. Johann Wilhelm Ritter was born in the village of Sami in Prussia, December 16th, uh -oh. 1776. I, I just don't love, anytime the Prussians get involved, I get very, very concerned. because We've I had a lot of concerning Prussians. So Johann Wilhelm Ritter is born in Sami. In Prussia, December 16th, 1776. Big year. A lot of, lot of lot big of things, things happening. A lot of things. Uh, Ritter's born. Um, America's born. Uh, no. Oh, um, oh, that. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was struggling. All right. Yeah. That one happened, I guess. Uh, we're, pro we're in proximity to a French Revolution, I imagine. It's a couple years off, but yeah, it's coming. But Ritter had a way less documented early life than Volta, so I wrote about Volta's instead. Seems like a weird choice. All right, this guy had an interesting 20 through 30, but I'm just going to slap somebody else's 1 through 25 on there just to kind of spice it up. Don't worry, it's a Pulp Fiction intersection, though, at some point. I'm going to make a chimera of a biography right now. Let's go! Until the age of 14, we know very little about him, apart from when he was born and how many of his younger siblings died. Spoiler <laughs> alert, it's all of them. It's, I mean, any time prior to like 1985, I just assume if you had younger siblings, at least half of them were dead. And what's so strange is it's always the firstborn that manages to make it through, and all the later ones just oh, wither away. The, the parents care about the firstborn. Hi, how y'all doing? Hey mom, what's up? At 14, he became an apprentice to an apothecary in League Neats. Spencer, I think, I, you know what? I would let it go if I wasn't so rude all the other times. <laughs> this pronunciation, did you take a, a, a hooked on phonics style epic? Like you have gone much like our Volta character. And for the first four years of this podcast, you could not say a word. And then these last two episodes, you're just roll, you're rolling R's and shit like that. You're all over the place. It's magical. I just want to congratulate you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I guarantee you there is, it's all the Prussian words that someone does tell me about later on. I have a, I have a friend who knows a lot of music history and there's a lot of uh, uh, you know assholes who came out of Prussia. Oh yeah, again we we established. And uh, this might be Leibniz instead of Leibniz because I got Leipzig wrong. That's apparently Leipzig. It is in fact Leipzig. Yeah. Now, if you want to ask Johann how this little internship with the apothecary went at fourteen, um, he would later describe it as quote a renunciation of the dearest wishes of my youth and quote well. submission to a completely technical training which cost me the best five years of my life. Oh wow. Somebody did not want to go into STEM. He wanted to go to baseball camp, and instead they sent him to live in the woods with a piss wizard for five years. <laughs> that is a human that is a wannabe humanities major that is just forced into some sort of STEM degree. Like, oh, it's written all over him. I can see it. Just comes out of the woods and as a fresh-faced boy. <laughs> Come to STEM. Tell me, Johan. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to 
read books and shit. Fuck that. We're going to make a poultice out of frog asses. Go find me four bat wings and grind them up. When he turned 19, he described his departure from the apprenticeship as, quote, escape from the fate of becoming an apothecary. Oh, my God. I've never known anyone did not want to be a pharmacist this bad. Like, Jesus. And I th- I take this quite literally. I think he fled to the University of Vienna. Just fa- There was one day where the door was open. <laughs> Johan, where is my mortar? Oh, fuck. Oh, I left him unchained. <laughs> Another one got away. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. He used that, he used that potion of haste and he's gone. <laughs> Over the next eight years... He'd develop a reputation for being quite the problem solver, demonstrating what many peers called a great knack for ingenuity. I mean, he did learn to escape from that piss wizard in the woods. I mean, <laughs> step one, yeah, he's got it. His reputation grew well beyond the small town's borders, and academics grew to either love him or hate him. Johann had a uh, uncharacteristic love of the excess, the flamboyant, the bougie, if you will. Oh, uh, oh, a real, uh, a real uh, king of the dudes sort of style man. Yes, you got coming on here. quite. A dandy boy. A little too much pomp and appetite for an 18th century Prussian, if you know what I'm saying. His experimental fervor was described as no less than legendary in one source. And you know I would just love to ruminate on that, so pray tell, what was he so experimental about? I really, if, if you are, you know, prodigious in your experimentation in the 1700s, I'm very concerned. Letters about Johann shed quite a bit of light here on just how everyone, including Johann, felt about Johann. Oh dear! One Yo- researcher. Whenever Johans, whenever someone's writing letters about themselves, I get very concerned. One researcher said he was quote an electrical fire machine. An electrical fire machine. Now we're at a time where there is no electricity, uh, to the best of my knowledge. I feel like there's a real analog, and it's so. Bear in mind that that Volta was born 30 years before Ritter, so there's a there's a reason to assume that while Ritter is in college. There's a good chance that that electricity's just on the cusp. No, it's no, on no, that no. Hold on. It's 1776. We established this, right? What didn't something happen in 1776? Well, that's when he was born. He was born. Okay. Well, no. So we then we know there's electricity shit happening because Benny Franks is over in America popping off doing some key shit with some some kites and some yeah. nonsense. Oh yeah. So by the this, bones in the basement. Thirty years. Thirty years. Oh, bones in the basement. Thirty years later, we know for a fact that that's you know gonorrhea-ridden sack of shit has shuffled off the mortal coil. They're doing something <laughs> with electricity. So okay. So we know about electricity now i've got this but it's cutting edge this is like someone calling i don't know a modern inventor now he's like a he's like a quantum uh uh, fuck man (laughs) (laughs) which is how i describe everyone that i've seen on pornhub in the last couple of years anyone that's really transcending the art that's quantum fuck man right there ladies and gentlemen another so that he was quote a moses who strikes the hard rock of science with his staff stop stop Stop, 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 stop. There can't be more if that was it. Moses that strikes the hard rock of science with his staff. (laughs) Are you kidding? One, it's gotten immediately more sexual. Oh, yeah, so horny. He he has an electrical fuck machine in the first example, and now he's whipping his staff out and slapping the rock of science with it. This is getting, (laughs) what has he done? Jesus, this is getting insane. It makes you wonder what he's postulating in all of these letters. It really does. Like, what the fuck is he up to? Nathan, my absolute favorite. Quote, oh God! A quiet virgin in appearance and and action. 
It goes on. Oh. A speculative, galvanic, poetic lion. What does this mean? You just like someone literally just like right click, like replace word with, and is trying to sound smarter. What the <laughs> fuck does any of that mean? See, Volta, before his death in 1872, developed several revolutionary concepts, including the electric battery and the voltaic pile. Volta would become a physicist chemist and quite accurately described as the pioneer of electricity and power. The voltaic pile, our star contestant here, yeah. was the first electrical battery that could continuously yes. provide a current to a circuit. It was comprised, I believe, of, it looks like a weird kid's stacking game of these uh, positively and negatively charged plates, essentially. That's the best way yeah. I can describe how yeah. it looks. It's like the size of a loaf of bread stood upright. Um, is the device seen, we're talking I about I think here. they have one. I think they have an example of it at the uh, science center. I think literally when you and yeah. me and my kid went to the science center last, I think they have examples of like early, early batteries and like these massive stacks yeah. of mat of like chunks of metal and shit like that. While Ritter subsequently learned of this amazing device, he decided to use it to explore the effects of electricity upon the human body. Okay. Now, all right. So we're going to play this little game that I like to play, which is called Hot or Cold. Um, Spencer, which parts of the human body was he interested in electrifying? And tell me, mm. is it or is it not the genitalia? Mm, hot, mm, getting hot because uh, <laughs> this is a this is a man described as a virgin in appearance and style with with a lion's battery of a, of energy. It's the now only as thing a, that makes as a sense. Quiet, as a quiet virgin in appearance and action, God. he was of course interested in the effects of electricity upon his own body. This man has built up some energy in alchemy. He has been sniffing some weird rhino horn bullshit. He is reared up and ready to go, and he's going to electrocute his way to carnal pleasures. And that's the origin story of Static Shock. It's been a week of quarantine, and the level of horny posting on the internet has gotten to extreme levels. You can tell where my brain is going right now. It's been a dark time. He systemically applied the poles of a voltaic pile to every part of his body. Okay. Exposing his tongue to the current produced an acidic flavor, he wrote. Well, yeah, okay, so we all did that. We all, we all licked a 9-volt battery. This all starts normal. Yeah. It's when that 9-volt oh, yeah, battery yeah. ventures further south that I start getting worried, Spencer. He shoved the wires up his nose and- oh, um, Okay, we went further north. Interesting. You, you gave me a and twist. And that made him sneeze. That made him sneeze. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, there's a couple ways we can do this. We can do this scene. I know you got to sneeze in the scene, so we have uh, the the props department have brought us two options. One is pepper, and you can sniff the pepper, and you go achoo. The other one is we can electrocute the shit out of your brain, and you might you might make a sniffle. I'll go with the shock. Excellent choice, oh, Benedict. Good, All good, right. Good. Yes, yes, yes. That explains why his face is so weird looking. Touching them to his eyeballs. Why? Caused no, no, no. Oh my God. I have set the levels so low. Like I have two different levels. I have Mark's Madness levels and I have Cock and Bowl levels. And I've set these to Cock and Bowl levels, which is nightmarishly low because I know what it's going to do to me. And I still burned out every you level. You still weren't ready Audacity, for- uh... Audacity is a solid bread loaf of a, a waveform right there. What the fuck are you talking about? He put them on his eyeballs. You sociopath. <laughs> They caused his uh, his eyes to produce strange colors and his vision to swim. <laughs> oh my god, just do LSD, you psychopath. You don't have to electrocute <laughs> your eye sockets. Also, I'm very mad that as soon as I said, as soon as I said south, uh, you went from tongue to nose to eyeball. You've subverted Everything me. North. You've subverted me at every turn, you bastard. But don't worry, Nathan. You knew where this was going. So, of course, to complete the investigation, he had to apply the current to his own dick and balls. Oh, so yeah, baby. And now we're cooking with gas. 
This latter experiment proved rather pleasurable, he found. Oh, you don't say, you weird virgin. He wrapped his reproductive organ in a cloth moistened with lukewarm milk and then applied the current. Guys, all right. Now, I'm not... Spencer, you can stop recording for a minute um, because it's really important that we nail this one down. Um, seriously, yeah, I, yeah. I, hit, I hit stop. I hope you hit stop because this is this is uh, privileged yeah, now at this stop. point. Okay. Yeah. You stopped? Okay, good. Yeah, have we stopped. Have we called the Fleshlight people to see if this is a movie? Because I don't think anyone... I, like, I know that a Fleshlight's supposed to look like a Flashlight, but have we tried actually we, shocking people's dicks? Have we tried... Wrapping it in rag? Tried, like, making milk steak with your dick and balls when you <laughs> try to go little, to town? Because a little, I, a little is, 2% and a little hundo percent, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Let's give it a little, a little 2 and 110. <laughs> How many volts can we take, baby? Let's go. Oh. Swelling, Nathan, soon occurred. Oh, you followed, don't say. Followed by a little, a little, a, a little a happy rapid, A rapid de-swelling and a cigarette lit off the electricity. A little clarity, you could say, afterwards. Perhaps <laughs> disgust with who he was Look, as a human being. I would say looking at a, you, I've never looked at a D-cell battery <laughs> with shame before, but apparently this guy figured it out. He had become the pioneer of electro-orgasm. <laughs> In the 1700s. Somewhere, somewhere in his grave, Benny Franks is just giving a big thumbs up and a fuck yeah. You know that's what I wanted to do, my man. Yeah. This experiment was made stranger by the fact that Ritter would occasionally tell people, I'm going to marry my voltaic pile someday. And he would laugh, but nobody took it as a joke. No, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. When Jeffrey Dahmer started saying, hey, I wonder if you could screw somebody's skull open and pour some juice in there and make him a sex slave. You you know for a fact mom didn't think he was joking. <laughs> uh, anyway, see you at the chocolate factory tomorrow. <laughs> for the record, our mother did not work with Jeffrey Dahmer. She just went to high school no, no, with no. him. He did write his publisher once saying, quote, tomorrow I marry, i.e. my battery. <laughs> If this were the entirety of Ritter's electrical self-experimentation, it might have been considered only slightly odd. No! But Ritter kept no, pushing on No, 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 Spencer, no, 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 don't, I get that we're gonna go somewhere weirder, but do not act like the guy talking about marrying the cheesecloth-wrapped dick electrocution machine is not fucking loco. <laughs> this is Looney Tunes-level bullshit, and we need to, we don't need to lower the bar for this man, okay? He's about to take That's us fair. to the stratosphere of fucked up, but he already started in, like, the ionosphere. I don't know how fucking space works. But Ritter kept pushing onward, increasing the current to dangerous levels, forcing himself to endure longer periods of time, and using opium to dull the eventual it's, pain. This is... Uh, we. I know you've already probably released them in a different order. This needs to get released immediately after the Stap episode because they are two men with the same vision <laughs> and the same drive, but they were the same man. Like you could see them like side by side, parallel in each other. Push it harder, push it to the limit. Yeah, but just one of them. No, 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 no. I am expecting by the end of this, this man to have electric, like in the same way that I uh, early called an awuga moment for Mr. Stapp. I am calling a guy electrocutes himself and we see his skeleton. Repeated electrification caused his eyes to grow infected. Oh, he endured frequent headaches, muscle spasms, numbness, and stomach cramps. <laughs> I feel like you buried the lead on stomach. I feel like you really. Uh, uh, that one kind of doesn't feel quite as cool when you've got like 
my eyes are are lighting up like Raiden from the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, I twitch spontaneously, uh, but also my tummy hurts. Uh, yes, his molecules were all rearranged. He could walk through walls, disappear, and fly. He's his turned. Lungs- into, he's turned into Mister Man. He's turned into Doctor Manhattan. But also, he needs some Pepto Bismol. Like one of those <laughs> is just more important than the other. So he's got some mucus in the lungs too. He temporarily lost much of the sensation in his tongue. And uh, oh, Disney tongue, spells would not his dick though. Notice, no dick stayed very sensitive. That one's a champ. That one's a champ. Dizzy spells overcame him. He uh, frequently would fall over, uh, and feeling this crushing fatigue at all hours, sometimes lasting weeks on end, uh, it often made it difficult for him to even get out of bed. At one time, the current paralyzed his arm for an entire week. <laughs> Yet he continued on, posting, quote, I have not shrunk from thoroughly assuring myself of the invariability of their results through frequent repetition. Translation, this train has no brakes. High speed, low drag, one setting, go. His bizarre self-experiments shocked his colleagues. One reviewer of his work commented, quote, never. What work is he sending in? Like, what is he experimenting <laughs> on? Does a real sh- Jackson Pollock of a fucking memo. It's just, <laughs> dear, he only said there's three written words and the rest of it is these unintelligible patterns. <laughs> I can't, I have no idea what to make of this. Oh, God. I believe he's gone blind. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they always said if you did it enough, you'd go blind, but shit, I mean, he's going at it from both ends. Never as a physicist experimented so carelessly with his body, one researcher said. God damn it. I mean, he's right. Until Stapp, he's right. right. Until Stapp, he's right. Eventually, the abuse did take its toll. His weakened condition is believed to have contributed to his death of tuberculosis at the age of... 33. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Astonishingly low uh, ast- for, ast- for the dude that <laughs> just killed Come himself on. by shocking also, his t- dick t- and balls and everything else. Tuberculosis killed everybody. The fact that this man did not asc- he didn't die of tuberculosis. <laughs> he ascended. He became Raiden. He just became the lightning god <laughs> and ascended T- to another demiplane and decided he was no longer needed uh, here. TB did see an easy kill That's, in that uh, one. Come he on, did see man. a bedridden man who's been electrocuted and every limb and was basically <laughs> half paralyzed. He can't even raise his kerchief to cough into for fuck's sake. Because <laughs> the kerchief is wrapped around his dick covered in milk and electrified. Oh, this has been the Cock and Bull Podcast, part two of our uh, uh, seminar on Damn. weird self-experiment. Honestly, part three on our weird seminar of self-experimenters <laughs> if you count the 30-year chair. Oh, I mean, the thir- yeah, yeah. I, I don't, The 30-year chair seems much more innocuous now knowing that this was an option at the other end. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, and while while Ritter did sacrifice most of his body, Santorio sacrificed a lot more uh, time, it, it, a lot of time, time definitely. Like Sant- it's definitely the quantity over quality, and I feel like Santorio had a lot of quantity, but uh, Al- 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 uh, Ritter had oh, but our, just oh, our galvanic mm, poetic uh, line really did burn uh, bright and quit. He is the J- he is the Kurt Cobain of fucking like scientists. Uh, leave a pretty rigor mortis electrified corpse with a little milk. Just a little, a little, milk little milk, just a little. There's links to all of our other shows uh, in the description below. <laughs> if you, you can catch any those. of this and want to hear my other show, don't. We don't need you over there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not this time. Not uh, not this one, guys. 
We hope you're all doing well. I know this is a trying times for everybody. It is, and we uh, hope to bring some levity and some, hopefully, some new theories on how to how to break up the boredom of your quarantine. Have you tried <laughs> hooking up a nine volt to your dick and balls? If not, give it a shot. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Call a name and make a wish and take a rest, cause it's the best thing to leave your lips. Is that your best? I'm not. Impressed.